Can we please have quiet on the set? Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Kings of the Rings podcast, where we keep wrestling royal exclusively on Wrestle Addict Radio. I am your host, King Ricky Rose. Because, you know, in life, you're always told that if you work hard, if you chip away, if you plug away, if you do your job, then your moment will come, and I am sick of waiting for my moment. Also, joining me each and every week is the founder, Willie T, Will Tereshock. Well, The Rock knows exactly why you did what you did at WrestleMania. Because Stone Cold, you know, deep down inside, in your heart, in your soul, one-on-one, face-to-face, man-to-man, you know damn well you can't beat The Rock. And finally, Joining us each and every week is the Queen Bee herself, the Kate Murphy. How does it feel that you were expecting a man to come out here? What you weren't expecting was the man. It's time for someone you to step up, step in, and fill your shoes. And there's only one person for that job. And I think these people would agree with me that that person is me. Together, We cover all things wrestling in and outside of the ring in the only way that we know how. So, without further ado, Behold the king, the king of kings. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Kings of the Rings podcast live exclusively here on Wrestle Attic Radio. I really got to stop staying live because we're not really live, but you know, we're live right now while we're recording, but not live while you're hearing it. Anywho, while you try to figure out that mindset that I just... We are alive, surprisingly enough, these days. Um, but we are alive, um, and we are recording here for our 168th episode. Of course, I am your host, King Ricky Rose. You can find me at Ambassador Biggs on all social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, some people's DMs, less people's text messages. And this weekend, find me in Philly at a wedding. And if you're in Philly, I need a date. Um, <laughs> find, find Wrestle Addict Radio, or uh, find Kings of the Rings podcast by subscribing to Wrestle Addict Radio um, on podcast where all podcasts can be found Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and many, many other podcast sources. Find Kings of the Rings podcast exclusively social media at KOTR underscore podcast um, on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram. Find Wrestle Addict Radio, our network pages um, at Addict underscore Wrestle on Twitter and Wrestle Addict Radio on Facebook and 
Instagram. Now, of course, folks, um, unfortunately, or maybe fortunately for me, uh, the founder, the proprietor, the Mac Militant, is shitting himself right now. Uh, so, Will Tarasak will not be with us at this current moment for this episode because he had a little bit of a medical procedure that uh, that uh, cleans you out a little bit. It uh, vacuums out some stuff for you. Um, so, while Will is on the toilet, figuring all of that out. Um, I am here um, with the Lana to my Bobby Lashley today. Uh, <laughs> Mix Murphy. How are you? How are you, darling? <laughs> I'm dead. How are you doing? I'm I'm doing great. It is now that me. We've it is him. me. It is not <laughs> Willie T. It is the HBAC Murphy. You can find me on Instagram at the Kate Murphy, and you can find me on Twitter at underscore the Kate Murphy. Wow, WWE and our show really, really have become one, just like yeah. Lana and Something Bobby like Lashley. I know, yeah, yeah, Ebony and Ivory living in uh, perfect, perfect harmony. harmony. And I can't tell you how much I absolutely despise that damn song with a burning passion. I don't like that song either. Does anyone it's like just, that song? No, it's just, it's one of those songs that like the older generation really likes to sing around mixed couples. And it's just cringeworthy. Mm-hmm. No, thanks. <laughs> very, very cringeworthy. Like, uh, not someone I'd recommend on iTunes for anybody. It's not on my Spotify playlist. That's for damn sure. No, no, not at all. It's like it's it's on the same level as, the you know, the Baby It's Cold Outside song. Like, I really can't stay. I only baby, like it's one version outside. of that song. The Michael Bublé <laughs> and Adina Menzel version is the only version I can stand behind because I love them. But the song itself is repre- morally reprehensible. Yeah, it's just, it's just there's a lot of wrongs no, in No, thank there. you. I really <laughs> yeah, can't so- stay. <laughs> yes, yes, I, I really can stay. And for some people, they could not stay uh, for this Hell in a Cell pay-per-view that happened over the weekend. So mm-hmm. let's let's talk about the elephant in the room, that ending. Um, so historically speaking, we've seen a lot of gruesome stuff in a Hell in a Cell. We've seen people fly off the Hell in a Cell multiple times. We've seen people fly through the roof of a Hell in a Cell on fire. Uh, We've seen people fly through the roof and fall through the ring. Um, I've seen people being choked out with a chain, um, choked out with a kendo stick, uh, being restricted into a corner with multiple kendo sticks, hit with chairs, um, uh, steel steps, and none of those things ever warranted a ref stoppage but if you take a sledgehammer to someone's covered face in red lighting that is apparently going way too far it was the most scandalous thing in wrestling i've ever seen i was clutching my pearls the whole time (laughs) you have pearls no Oh, it's <laughs> like what? Um, it just wasn't good. Like everything about that match, I didn't enjoy. Like I, the match was good. It was a good match. The story in the match was good. However, it got overshadowed by the crap lighting. I liked the but, lighting, but like you have a red steel cage now, you have red lighting. Like that's not good for if anybody. The cage wasn't red; it would have been better. But I liked the red lighting. I found it interesting and. 
it made it feel like they were in hell and that was the vibe that it needed. I mean, I get it, but like you're also in hell in the cell. Like you're already in hell. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and the match was great. It made Bray look strong. It reminded me a lot of the Braun Strowman match. Um, and for some, and it made me believe that Bray might win this title. Or it could go to some sort of weird finish where there's a no contest. Because we've seen no contest before. The first Hell in a Cell, well, actually, the first Hell in a Cell was not a no contest. The Shawn Michaels came out and won. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've seen, uh, we saw no contest, last year. I believe. Was it last year? Last year was a no contest. Yeah, we've seen no contest before and didn't really hurt anybody. But we've never seen what seems to be blatantly a DQ finish. Um, I said two weeks ago it was going to be a DQ. I just don't understand from a wrestling logic or regular logic how you can have a DQ finish when anything goes. Because there is no more logic in WWE. I guess. I mean, there's. it depends on how you swing it. Is it a disqualification or is it ref stoppage? And if WWE is smart, you're swinging this as a ref stoppage. I think they changed the the narrative on it because I saw a lot of publications between Sunday night and early Monday morning describing it as a DQ. All of a sudden, now it's being described as ref stoppage. Yes, because it makes more sense if it's a ref stoppage because that's how it played out. Because ref was like, stop, stop, stop. He's already dead. Um, (coughs) And he wasn't. Um, And so what made it worse was that Bray got right up afterwards. That's the thing. I think the ref even stopping the match made it more obvious that Bray was going to get up. It's like, oh, he's clearly incapacitated, bitch, please. Have you ever seen a horror movie? (laughs) I mean, which is great, but like... In a horror movie, but in this, it just... Here's the thing with Hell in a Cell. Like Will says, Hell in a Cell is supposed to be the finality of of any feud. There are some things that got in the way of that. One of them being, this is the first actual match between Bray and Seth. So you're beginning a feud in a match that's technically a feud ender. And I understand you want to continue this feud, but there are more creative ways which you could have gotten to this without the piss poor decision at the end. I just don't agree with them doing Hell in the Cell at all. They could have had a match on the pay-per-view, but not in the cell. Yeah, which could have been replaced with something else, but we all know uh, Brock wasn't going to perform at Hell in a Cell, and we will talk about my disdain for that fuck-up as well. Um, But there, there is... I mean, and it's not just the Hell in a Cell match that was bad. A lot of what happened on this pay-per-view was bad, especially the fact that no one knew the card until maybe the day of. Um, Two, at least four matches were announced by four o'clock. And then there, I think the Randy Orton and Ali match was announced during pre-show. Yes, that is correct. So, yeah, no one knew his card. So how do you, like, you go to an event being like, oh, I want to watch this, I want to watch this, and you don't know most of the stuff. Card is subject to change. Card is subject to change. (laughs) And, however, I mean, they did get the matches out there that needed to be 
discuss. You know, your Sasha Becky, your your Roman and Debray versus the former Bludgeon Brothers, and you had your Fiend versus Seth. Those are your money. Those are your supposed money making matches. Anything else is filler. But it's, the fact of the matter is, WWE did a poor job of adding these filler matches and making you kind of be like, "Hey, what's going on with this?" They could have kept um, it at those four matches, and it would have been solid. Potentially, except for the ending. The ending is still a the bad ending. Still, ending. you're right. You know, the ending is still a bad ending. Um, be it as it may, Hell in a Cell was a very top-heavy pay-per-view. But two, the best matches on the card were the first two matches. Sasha and Becky, although I do not like how the finish was, I believe Sasha's kind of a little treading water right now after this massive comeback in the last couple of months. Um, the creativity in that Hell in a Cell match was fantastic. Superb. It was better than the first one. Better than the first one, better usage of weapons, better usage of the cell itself, um, a lot more psychology, great, fantastic match. Uh, tables broke, which were good. Thank <laughs> oh <my> God. <laughs> in, in that match, but they were just good. Like the, the uh, Sasha on top of a chair elevated into like a drop kick was unreal. A meteora? Like, a meteora, yeah. Holy shit. Uh, yeah, it was a meteor into the ladder. Um, fantastic. I'm still Absolutely surprised. Fantastic. Back, like I, I'm happy for me, but I'm surprised it ended the way it did. I am surprised as well. And I'm, I'm wondering now: is this going to eventually set up Oscar and Becky? I don't know because. Asuka's because I know we're not really like up to talking about Raw yet, but like Asuka beat. I mean, we can fill that screw it. I mean, Asuka beat Becky on Raw, and then Becky even agree with the Green Miss, and it's I love it so much. And then Becky even said the last time Asuka and Becky went for it, she bested her, so she that's why she took the challenge and they took the Kabuki Warriors on. That's a, and that's a story I can see them telling. Like now that they haven't pulled the trigger on Sasha. I don't think that it's the time. She's not going to get the title anytime soon now. Which is a shame because you, you brought her back. You gave her this fantastic chronicle. You gave her a pretty awesome shirt. You invested so much extra time in her comeback and in her character. And you're not going to give her the belt? I'm very confused. And they ruined the Survivor Series match we all wanted because now Charlotte's the SmackDown Women's Champion. Yeah, Charlotte had to break the record at some point. Yay, good for her. Um, but they could have done that later on. They could have done that in December. You, you know, we may not have gotten it. We could have had Charlotte still winning, and we could have had Sasha Charlotte again. And that's gold in and of itself. It is, but I don't want it again. Yeah, but that feud, like, two years ago was fantastic. It was. I'm not disagreeing with you, but I just, I would like something different. That's true, and Becky and Sasha were different. I don't know where it goes. I loved, draft Becky. Is I coming loved that feud a lot. I thought it was amazing. The, yeah, the draft is coming up, so it could go many, many different and ways. that was the we're, other we're thing. Gonna... I I mean, obviously, Becky has to also keep the title because 2K hasn't come out yet, but I could have, I could have very easily seen her dropping going back on SmackDown because SmackDown is very much Becky Lynch's show. It is, and it's now the future A show. Yes. Uh so overall, before we move on to the SmackDown and talking about uh, the SmackDown premiere, another what is finish the that we shouldn't talk about. Oh, but we're gonna we're gonna have to. Yeah. Um, and I'm gonna address the marks too as well. Ooh. Um, yes, because oh my god, my the biggest disdain that I have in my life right now marks. are marks. They <laughs> are up point. there. <laughs> in my yes. life right now. 
Yeah, uh, marks and female love interest. Um, <laughs> it's also big disdains in my life. Um, but uh, what are you gonna rate this show? Hell in a cell. Yeah, the show as a whole. I'm gonna go with seven. There were great matches, but actually no fault. I'm gonna go with six. There were great matches, but those matches weren't good enough to hold on to everything else that overshadowed those matches. I was gonna give a six six five actually. Like, cause I agree. But that's a lot of the matches, like the the Chad Gable and Baron Corbin match was a good match. That was the match we should Unnecessary. Sh- unnecessary though. We didn't need it. Good match, unnecessary. Natty Six and Lacey tag, Evans. I don't fucking care. I liked Natty and Lacey from Raw. Like, but we've had like ten matches with them this year. I don't don't understand what what it's leading to. Neither do I. So, um, the six man tag was unnecessary. Didn't care. Didn't want it. Um, Randy and Ali was dope. Yeah, they have they have ironically good chemistry. Yeah. (laughs) So like matches like the Randy and like Ali match like elevated a little bit because those were matches we got so last minute and they worked. Yeah. But overall, as like the whole pay per view, like it was kind of careless, and I don't, I don't agree with how WWE announces cards now. How they announce? I think this was, a, I think this was just a mess up because they just went off a big premiere week and they didn't really set up a I lot. I understand, and like they could have just kind of forgotten that Hell in a Cell was premiere week, but this was supposed to be the biggest week in wrestling, and it is. And they needed to like, they needed to like knock it out of the park. And I think by and large they did. Yeah, but the things they fucked up on, they fucked up badly. Yeah, and let's let's address something. So the videos came out of people staying after a show was over, um, and and booing their booing their brains out. And there's this dumbass guy. Did you the bogus fucking replica? His replica. I hate him. Throwing it on the ground, people are going to cancel the network and yada, yada, yada. And listen, Marks, this is totally directed at you guys. Number one, if you're booing after a show is over, guess what? They already have your money. They've already done what they needed to do, which is take your money. And you stayed. You stayed after a show to boo. No one's out there for you to boo. Everybody's backstage. Everybody's about to go home, except your dumbass. Okay, you're gonna ruin a replica that you bought. You spent four hundred dollars on a replica that you're gonna destroy just to make a statement. They don't care. You know why? Because they already have your money. Okay, you're gonna make this statement on Twitter, but you're gonna cancel and hashtag cancel WWE Network. Gonna keep on giving me crap like that. You think they fucking give a shit? No. All of that is to get your to get the attention on you. And that's what marks are, unfortunately. Marks are self-serving individuals who forgot the fact that they should be entertained and that they are fans first. And marks forget a lot of the time why they got into wrestling. They think they are wrestling. You are not wrestling. You are a part of wrestling. Wrestling is bigger than me and bigger than you, and wrestling should be for everybody. And I get it. You don't like it, but there are better ways and more constructive ways to voice your opinion and displeasure instead of trying to get likes 
on Twitter for trying to bash something that we all know by next week you're gonna end up watching anyways just cause you just so you can feed your own negativity if you really disliked it if you really wasn't a fan of it guess what you would do you would turn off the TV you would cancel it you wouldn't make a big hoopla out of it if you don't like something change the channel I just don't understand like why it's so like trendy to be fucking negative about wrestling and I complain about WWE all the time like but I will never like I'll, I'll bitch about it but like there are other elements of WWE I can support like you can just not watch Raw or you can just not watch Smackdown like you can still support NXT or UK or 205 or even the original content like it doesn't have to be this dramatic thing and I just don't think the people like wrestling anymore people just like to complain about wrestling there are a lot of drama queens out there on on Twitter. It's absurd. Uh, and, and they are marks. And, you know, I try to make the show and the network in and of itself a cure for the common mark. And I will be having a giant manifesto coming out before Survivor Series oh, about about that little uh, cure for the common mark line. That will be elaborated um, on ad nauseum at some point. But let's move along from Hell in a Cell and that disaster finish to what I think was a very high point in the premiere week of wrestling. And I'm talking about SmackDown Live. Talk about a big time feel. When Fox said that they were going to promote SmackDown as big of a thing as the NFL, they have not failed on, on their end. They had a, they had a, a half hour pre-show with a blue carpet the SmackDown blue carpet with all these celebrities and all these former wrestlers showing up, taking pictures. It's in Hollywood. It's outside the Staples Center. There's paparazzi everywhere. Like, it is a big deal, SmackDown Live. The set is beautiful. Um, the, the crowd was amazing. SmackDown Live looked like what you want professional wrestling to look like a larger than life sports entertainment spectacle and i think on that end they knocked it out of the park we said this last week by smackdown WWE should have knocked everything off out of the charts and smackdown was that kind of icing on the cake that's at least what i thought i was honestly kind of mixed on smackdown yeah i mean i really enjoyed the i think it's mostly because of the ending of smackdown the beginning was such a high high point. It was perfect. And the be- the beginning was perfect and it gave me hope. And then the other thing that kind of happened was a lot of like so superstar promises were not fulfilled. Where was Stone Cold? They sent Where was Stone the, Cold? Where was Taker? They sent the Undertaker home and told him he wasn't needed. That's weird. Yeah, Undertaker posted that on Instagram. Like somebody like commented, like, why weren't you on SmackDown Live? And he was backstage and they sent him home. They didn't need him. So I mean they had a lot of content to fill. They did. There's a lot of stuff that went on on SmackDown. Advertise for all of that shit and then not deliver it. And then how and just how they did Kofi was just really disrespectful. Yeah. And that yeah, we didn't I think talk about that alone that. just ruined it for me and the other my other issue is like i'm not really deep into mma like at all so like Mm -hmm. kane velasquez that meant nothing to me tyson fury does not mean anything to me tyson fury is a boxer okay (laughs) so like i didn't know who they were 
All right, so let, let's talk about let's talk about Tyson Fury from the jump because this kind of ties in the Raw. Invo Raw was kind of passe this week. Yeah, um, great. Well, the big thing going on was Tyson Fury versus Braun Strowman. It's your classic big time popular app. Tyson Fury is probably the biggest name in boxing right now. Um, and he's there and he makes the appearance. He gets the bump and he tries to attack Braun. And it's a classic setup. They've done this thousands of times before. And it works like a gem most of the time because Tyson Fury is a real time is a big time fighter that can legitimately knock somebody out you know especially somebody the size of Braun Strowman um so it, it the feud works they had the little scuffle and I'm interested to see where it goes um I think that was a good use of celebrity yeah because if you think of Smackdown as a whole Smackdown was a very was a fantastic show case show they're like we're going to give you a little bit of celebrity we're going to give you a little bit of wild extreme with the ladder match we're going to give you good wrestling with the women's tag team match to open up the show by the way fantastic again <laughs> you yeah. know um we're going to give you you know the, the iconic moments with the rock coming out and totally unrobing baron corbin and watching baron corbin try not to laugh is one of the best moments that <laughs> std chair was everything <laughs> super tough dude <laughs> super tough dude <laughs> um and i and that that's what smackdown by and large was and then you have the ending. Mm. Okay, so we all know Brock went after Kofi, and Brock won in a nine-second squash. And there are plenty of things to discuss about this. Do you want me to go first? You may. <laughs> For this is also this goes to my Sasha Banks argument as well. For as much time as you invested in Kofi Kingston, and even more time than Sasha, because Kofi Kingston's investment started way before Mania when he started getting that huge, giant, you know, fan... Since um, about February, when Elimination about, Chamber happened. But yeah, about February or so. He gets his moment at Mania. Great, fantastic. What are you going to do with it? He goes up against former World Heavyweight and Universal Champions month after month after month. Kevin Owens, Randy Orton, um, I forgot who, Daniel Bryan, you know, big names in the business um, that he beat. He solidified himself as a proper champion. You had his 24 where he went back to Ghana and, you know, and he gave a title to the head of the tribe in Ghana and he went back home for the first time ever. You have all of these moments and you show how much of an impact he has made not only in wrestling but in his, his own African-American culture and all the things that he did for everybody. And then you have him come out on the premiere episode on a Fox network, mind you, because that has its own connotations in and of itself. And he he gets squashed to Brock Lesnar. Now I get it, I get it. You're making Brock the monster, and that's his character. He's the monster. He's the Thanos of the WWE universe. I get that. However, there are ways you can have Kofi lose and still keep his credibility. This makes all of Kofi's work look like it was all for nothing hell even john cena went 15 minutes and didn't get a move in kofi lost in nine seconds 
And this was the this was because the moment wasn't supposed to be about the match. It was supposed to be about Cain Velasquez coming in. And fuck that. That's fine. I'm sorry. Like Kofi Kingston deserved better. Yeah. They did, and I think they screwed it up because they gave they gave they didn't they gave little time to this match. It was around 11:45, and the match still hadn't gone on. You know, I'm not 11:45. My fault. Um. 9.45 or whatever and the match it was like 15 minutes in 15 minutes till the end of the show and the match hadn't gone on yet so that's that's a that's a booking problem um you squash it for this Cade Velasquez thing and there and there's there's another issue that I have with this I get it and I know Brock sells for people what he wants to sell or whatever and I truly think Brock maybe wanted to sell for Kofi but here's my issue I have never seen Brock use his facial expressions to show fear for anybody besides two people, The Undertaker and Cain Velasquez, okay? Which, sh- which shows me one thing, that they are going to make the character Bron- uh, Brock Lesnar, the character Brock Lesnar, have no fear against any wrestler not named The Undertaker. He's, he's, he's not going to have, he's not going to show any facial expressions, he's not going to be surprised, um, he's, he's gonna, he doesn't care about any wrestler, but, oh, this is a UFC fighter. This is a real bad guy. This is a guy who beat me once for my own UFC title. I'm scared of a real fighter. And that sentence there is very detrimental to the sports entertainment side of wrestling in the kayfabe of wrestling. So you're telling me the only person that can ever beat Brock Lesnar, can ever strike fear in the eyes of Brock Lesnar is a legitimate fighter and not somebody who is kayfabe a fighter. That is a bad omen. Why does WWE support that and just disrespect to the business? To, to me, to me, I feel like it is a disrespect to the business. I really do. Um, that's I a feel slap like, in I, the face to anyone that has ever stepped in a ring. Yeah, I feel like it's a massive disrespect to Kofi um, for him to be just, he was just, he was the punchline of a joke. Yeah. You know, he was the punchline of a joke and it was absolutely sad to see him go out like that. He had like one of the most meaningful title runs in a very long time. Yeah. He was the strongest built champion. Strongest built champion. Like look how many people like he inspired. Look how many little, look how many little boys look up to him. And to have him go out like that, and I get Brock as your draw, and you have Kane Velasquez, and this is crossover appeal, everything Fox wants, and there's nothing against Kane Velasquez. If you if you know, you know Kane Velasquez has been training to become a wrestler. He has performed in AAA. He performed at Mas- at the theater at Madison Square Garden when AAA invaded New York. Axel Fourth Wall. He was there. Motherfucker can do a moonsault. Um, That's scary. <laughs> He is, and even before that, he had been training in the performance center. He had done workouts in the PC. Cain Velasquez had been sighted in Orlando at at the performance center training. So this isn't anything out of the norm. This isn't a giant surprise to anybody who's in the know. He is in. He is going. It's not even. He's in talks. He's going to sign with WWE. Him and Brock are going to have that crossover fight and appeal, and it's going to just bring in a lot of eyes. And from a business standpoint, it makes sense. But from somebody who likes the business of wrestling and the art of wrestling, this really ticked me off. Not because of Kane and Brock, because I think Kane and Brock, if Kane can really get up to speed really quickly, and most UFC fighters can, it's 
who had to be sacrificed to let this angle happen? And Kofi being sacrificed like that to pretty much be, you know, relegated to who knows what um, really got under my skin. I feel like he's just going to get back, dropped back to New Day tag team fodder and they're almost going to act like nothing ever happened. I hope not. It all depends on where he goes in the draft. I mean, he was very prominent on that SmackDown intro video. Yeah. You know, so maybe he gets back in the picture. I just he fucking better. He, he deserved. Brock deserved to work with Kofi. I feel like they could. I I know Brock's a dick, and Brock doesn't like they many people. They could have had a good match. And Brock doesn't necessarily want to work with many people. But I think with all the money that Fox is going to be giving Brock and that WWE is giving Brock, I think they could have told a good story, which makes Kofi still look strong and makes him a valiant competitor, but still lose. And you still get your win-win and you still get your moments. But they didn't have the time to do it because they, they stuffed too much into one show. That's just, what, I'm just frustrated. I, That's why I was so frustrated with SmackDown. Yeah, but otherwise, SmackDown, I think, again, fantastic. Presentation's great. Stage is phenomenal. I miss the fist. It, it kind of is what it is. But we do have to move on to the war. Oh. The war. Again, I'm going to address the marks again after this, but we're going to go to the war. <laughs> the war. AEW versus NXT. All right. Uh, NXT, fantastic first hour. Oh, my God. That first half hour. Oh, Adam Cole, Matt Riddle, fight forever. Fight for days. Um, Fantastic. Finn Balor is back on NXT. Perfect. I yelled when you texted me that. (laughs) I couldn't hold it in. I had to tell you. Thank you. No, I was on my way home from work, and I was just like, oh, my God. Yeah, I just... Yeah, it just he showed up. He's got his nice little haircut, you know, that, that post-marriage haircut you that, that you have to get. you see that hand tattoo? I did see the hand tattoo. I'm trying to see what I want to see, like, a legit picture of it. <laughs> um, So good. AEW. I watched both shows. I finally got to watching both shows. I, um, I liked AEW. It was good. It was a very strong, like, first show. Good first show. There's, there's The investment's not there for me yet. Which is fine because you're not supposed to be. You're not supposed to be truly invested. You want to create that angle of what it, but there are just some matches that just didn't do it for me on AEW, and that's just me being honest. Like I was like, uh, eh. you know, it's wrestling. It's a Why match. Why were you not sold on for AEW? Uh oh, Riho and um, Nyla Rose. Oof. I'm. You know, everybody's applauding that match, and it was it's, it was a great match. For, it, I just storytelling don't match agree. is fine. Storytelling match is fine. I just. I cannot suspend my disbelief when seeing Riho. And it's not because she's a woman. It's not because she's... And it's not because, you know... Well, they're both It's women. not because she's a woman. Yeah. Yeah, but it's not... She's, she doesn't look like a wrestler. No. She's a gymnast, me. right? She's originally a gymnast? Well, no. She's been wrestling since she was, like, nine. But she might have been. But, like, she's... It's just... There's not enough weight on her like it doesn't look like she goes to the gym or like lifts weight. I feel like I feel like I'm looking at like a child in like like a, a child from like Peter Pan days yeah going into the wrestling world and like it it makes me uncomfortable because I I've I fear for her you know her physical livelihood her safety seems like it could be in danger all the time 
Yeah, I mean, I get it. She's approached. She's been doing this for a while. It's probably not, but like, it's just the way it looks. This is different than Daniel Bryan because Daniel Bryan is still a well-built individual. He just so happens to be short. You know, he's small in stature. Riho is small in stature, and she's not really built. She's not built like a Britt Baker. You know, or or a or a Tessa, or a Caitlyn. There needed you know, to be or... like less of a stark difference between size. I think Nyla should have either gone up against someone bigger, or if they wanted to be Riho, they should have gone against someone smaller. Yeah, it's one of those things where I would have built like Riho's twenty two years old. You know, you can one. It looks like she needs to fill out and put weight on. I don't know what she's dealing with, um, if it's even something of a disorder. Which I doubt. I think she's just young and just has still a high metabolism and just needs to fill out a little bit more. But with Riho, you have times where you can put her up against people, and especially as she's getting bigger in like muscle mass and stuff, you can put her up against people that are similar in size to her. And as she keeps on getting bigger, you get her, you put her up against bigger competition. So it doesn't really, um, really shock your eye. And I get that's what they were going for. Which is cool, but I think it was too much for her first show. Granted, they they did well with what they had. They put on a good match. I just couldn't suspend my disbelief as her being the champion. I also don't like the AEW women's belt. It looks tiny. It did it look like very a, small. I was. It one, looks like a toy belt. Yeah. Um. Maybe they made it small for Riho. I guess I know it's got to be I'm big joking, for everybody. Like, yeah. <laughs> And then you at the end of the match, Nyla Rose gets her heat back, and then Kenny Omega comes to save the day. You know, but I, I again, I don't like the influence of people who are in the corporate ring, you know, pushing their muscle. I get a Kenny trained Riho. I get it. Let her build her character on her own. Yeah, she doesn't need to be Kenny Omega's protege. Exactly. Exactly. Um, like the purpose of AEW, like everybody, every individual to talent stars. needs to, they're all stars and they all need to build themselves up individually. Yeah. And you, I understand you want to protect some people, but like let her get it, let that feud continue. They put on a good match. You know, Nyla Rose got her heat and powerbomb the crap out of her. Let that happen and let, let the, let the, you know, officials and stuff break them up. We don't need Kenny Omega coming in and breaking them up. Yeah. You know, I thought AEW was a little commercial heavy, but it is what it is. That's just, you know, that's what happens mm-hmm. when you go to TV. <clears throat> I do enjoy how their pyro is very um, conscious of people who have epilepsy. Yeah. After the whole situation, like with the dog and stuff, too. Yeah. They're very con- their pyro's nice. It's great. I don't like the set. That's just a personal aesthetic thing. Um, however, be but as it may... They beat NXT in the first week, ratings wise. Oh yeah, it broke a million. 1. I think one point four million. Fuck yeah, for AEW. NXT had eight hundred and ninety thousand, which is still incredible. From a Nielsen rating standpoint, that's two point seven to two point five. Wow. Um. So that there's that difference there, which is great. But let's put this all in perspective. 1.4 million for AEW to NXT's 890,000, which is fine. It's the premiere episode. Can we just? I can. That's like that's like SmackDown on a bad week 
for AEW's first week, that's that's so amazing. It is a it's a premiere week, so those numbers are going to be high, but I think they are going to balance out. Yeah, for sure. I think it's going to be a lot closer than what people think, you know. Um, and people are like oh, and people and again, we're going to address the marks in a second, but let's put this all into perspective. One eight eight hundred ninety thousand for NXT two in Premier Week Premier Week two point I think seven million for Raw for Raw uh, yeah wow two point seven million for Raw Premier Week and I don't even know what SmackDown, Smackdown numbers did it was almost four million exactly so you can say what you want about a war there is no war okay. Because what WWE purposely did is that you have your competition, and then you surround it's an it's you surround your competition with with all of your players. I have they it. Pretty much, they checkmated AEW. Friday what was night the SmackDown, SmackDown numbers? got three point eight hundred sixty nine million. So three point eight million. That's amazing. So you're talking about four three. Seven. You're talking about almost eight million viewers of WWE products. Compared to 1.4 million of AEW products. Who's the real winner? Us. It's still us. <laughs> yes. It, it is still us. And that's not even that's not even talking about MLW and NWA has a Tuesday show. Impact Wrestling has a Tuesday show as well. Um so be bad as it may, it was still a lot of good wrestling. AEW said it's good. It's building to something. I It just needs to build there. And it's not like I'm going to be impatient. You just have to kind of wait it out. I want to see what stories get told. I, I want to see what becomes of it. I think the announce team needs work because you have two head announcers, then you have Excalibur. Yeah. <laughs> they need time second. to work at the Kinks. Give it six months. Yeah, they, they need some time. Her ending was cool. Jake Hager, hoo, 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 great surprise. Oh, yeah, it was fine. <laughs> yeah, it was it was fine. Um, I like people to... are pretending to care about Jack Swagger though. Yeah, I was like, no one cared about. I didn't care. I'm like, oh, that's nice. <laughs> and it, this is another Mark thing. Marks like to shit on the on the on the established brand, which is WWE. Even though you still watch the WWE, because that's how a lot of you guys got your start. Yeah, they watch on um, their friends' login, so they don't have to pay for it and make a big watch it. Too. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, I got kicked off of it never because I had too many people logging into mine. Same. Gotta stop being, gotta stop being so fucking nice. Um, and people owe me money too. Um, so but. It's it's also a thing when Marks was like, oh, we did this good number, 1.4 million, great number for Wednesday, fantastic number, applaud yourself, but don't start saying that they've they they got the first thing in the war. There is no war, and it's also it's a shot at Jericho as well, because Jericho went out publicly and was like, oh, WWE made a made an announcement saying congratulations AEW in your premiere, and some and some of this is a marathon, not a sprint, and Jericho's like, oh, I know how they work. They do, <laughs> they said that because they know they lost, and we beat the absolute snot out of them. He yada, said yada, that. Yada. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! <laughs> he went. He he went back and said that. And the only people that are saying that's a war are people who are pro AEW and anti WWE. There is no war. <laughs> like I said, eight million versus one point four. Where's the war? We're just very lucky. <laughs> yeah. Like that's the way I approach this whole situation. This is just benefiting me. Yeah. It's the. This is the third golden age. Enjoy it. In enjoy it. <laughs> Please enjoy like, your time watching. I just wrestling. like Wednesdays. I'm going to alternate what I watch live, and like what I tape. Yeah, we're going to try to cover as much as we can on Wrestling Radios. Uh, stuff to see. 
you cover all of those, but just enjoy it, you know, and change the way you critique. That's what I hate about Mark. Change the way you critique. If you're gonna be an, if you're gonna be an asshole, Mark. Be a smart one. Yeah. Be a smart. One. If I can totally rip apart your argument, then you're not doing good enough. No. <laughs> okay. If you're going to be a fan and you're gonna rip some rip something, make sure you know your facts first. And that's not just at Mark's. This also goes to people on the network too. If I can, if I can look down on my phone and rip your argument in half, I'm not without, you know, having a second thought about it. Means you're doing a bad job. You're not special because you like <laughs> Japanese wrestlers. Just fucking saying. <laughs> you know, it's just, and this is someone that like follows like New Japan and stuff. Like, it doesn't make you special to not watch to watch alternate product. It just doesn't. <laughs> Grow out of your emo phase, kids. Yeah. Marks. If I can do it, you can do it. <laughs> yes, yes. Please. Wrestling is for everybody, and there's content for everybody. Wrestling is an art form. Art is subjective. Just because you see beauty in something doesn't mean that someone else also has to see beauty in it. So think about that the next time you want to get on the Twitter spear and flash your Twitter fingers. Just think. We're better in this, wrestling fans. We are so much better than this. And on that note, folks, I know it's been a little bit long, but we're going to take a break. And when we come back from the break, we have a special surprise for you. Yes, it is another superstar spotlight where we are going to talk about um, some yams, some sausages, um, and a lot of other weird shit and and rappers as well. Uh, So, yeah, just uh, stay tuned for that. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Kings of the Rings podcast on a special Superstar Spotlight Edition. With us today is a member of the World Wrestling Network and WWN, Andy Volve. He's also wrestled for Full Full Impact Pro, the NYWC, kind of our hometown, GCW, HOG, Dragon Gate, very big Dragon Gate person, MLW, and of course the notable and infamous NWA wrestling organization. Some notable opponents. He's wrestled Fred Yehi, All Eagle, Ethan Page, Adam Cole, Baby, um, D'Lo Brown, Al Snow, Darby Allen, the Steiner Brothers, Goldust, which is blowing my mind at the moment. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Justin Credigle, Mikey Whiprack, Tony Nese, Balls Mahoney, Tommaso Ciampa, the bad boy Joey Janelli, Joey Janella, and everybody's favorite pothead, A.R. Fox. Uh, he's a wow. former... T- <laughs> Yeah, he's a former two-time FTW heavyweight champion, former FTW Generation X champion, ladies and gentlemen, formerly known as Earl Cooter, but now you can call him Brian Idol. How are you, sir? Well, that was a ridiculous rundown of information about myself. Um, <laughs> I will say this, I'm the current Sausage Castle heavyweight champion, which All is right. the most unbelievable. Sausage Castle Wrestling Federation is like the sickest thing on the planet. So I'm really proud of that. Also, the uh, 2019 Yams Day champion. Uh, oh, that's, we're, that's... we're going to talk about Yams Day. All right, we'll do it. All right, cool. So <laughs> just throw those in my current titles I'm holding. Uh, but thank you for the awesome intro. And, yes, uh, I've wrestled a lot of people. Uh, I did not – oh, actually, no, I did. Ah, I get it now. You said all ego, Ethan Page. And I was like, when did I wrestle him? It was in the Joey Janela spring break. Uh, yep. Cluster fuck edition thing. Can I say that? Is that? <laughs> no, you can definitely say cluster fuck. It's fine. <laughs> okay, right. okay, cool. You're not a family friendly so, show. So <laughs> awesome, awesome. Uh, that's some awesome detective work. I appreciate it. No problem. Uh, so, so, um, Sausage Castle Wrestling. This is this is. I'm going off the spot here. Go right in there. Yeah. Um, tell me about it. Where is it based? What is it about? Anything with sausage has me intrigued. I'm not. That's gonna a great okay. name. 
Yeah, well, you know, the thing is, I don't know how much about sausage it has to do, but so uh, <laughs> I don't know if you know who Mike Busey is. I've heard the name. Uh, yeah, he's a really famous party guy. Uh, you know, everybody most briefly would Google him and see that he's the nephew of actor Gary Busey. Okay. And, um, he's, he basically runs a compound. Uh, it's like an 86 acre property, I think, 7,000 square foot mansion. And oh, he's, uh, he, he's, uh, he runs a, a wrestling federation on the compound. He has a warehouse. Um, they use the actual ring from WrestleMania three. And, uh, wow. <laughs> uh, wow. it's kind of like an anything goes crazy fed. And I mean, you know, he's, he brings in, you know, there's a lot of notable talent that, that comes through there. I mean, some of the people you mentioned, you know, Janelle has been there, uh, Joey Ryan, like the, the list is a lot, but basically it's like the playboy mansion meets jackass. <laughs> so it's a pretty unbelievable dude. Like, uh, Mike Busey is probably one of the most fun people I've ever met in my entire life. I, uh, it's located in uh, a statula, Florida, which is the middle of nowhere, basically close to Orlando. Okay. Um, and I got to tell you, man, like, since I met Mike Busey, like, I probably hang out with him now, I don't know, a few times a week, and it's always, like, the most hilarious nonsense you have ever seen in your life. I'm going to have to look up <laughs> Sausage Castle Wrestling. I don't know if they even have any social media, but I am Oh, they so do, yeah. Intrigued. No, they totally do, and there's, I posted on my Facebook page that, like, if you just saw the trailer, the, the, the if you just go on YouTube and just type in Sausage Castle Wrestling, just watch the trailer, you'll see, dude, like, it's big budget. And, like, it's awesome. Like, it's really underrated. Like, people just don't know. It's just not on the radar yet, man. But uh, somehow somehow or another, I actually I won the, uh, I won the heavyweight championship, which uh, I did not expect. And they, <laughs> they just made me the champion. So I thought that was really rad. And currently, I have the belt. So uh, you are, next show. Go ahead. I'm saying our next show there is. Uh, and they do what they do is they do these party weekends. I'm so glad I get to talk about this, by the way. So they, they do. No, these weekends, I'm glad right? you're talking about this. <laughs> so like, imagine being all right. So like, they have like a private Snapchat. So you sign up to be a member of the private Snapchat, and what you see is like a lot of jackass stuff. You know, it could be somebody you know stapling stuff to their body <laughs> or jumping off of something or whatever, mixed with like tons of hot girls and might be and nonsense. Uh, so people pay for that just to be a member of that. And then when you're a member of that, you get one weekend a month. He hosts parties at his at his you know place, and you can bring your car, your RV, a sleeping bag, whatever you want. And you will go to the wrestling show for free. So there's a free wrestling show, and there's all other activities. They'll have like you know sponsored beer pong, so you don't got to pay for the beer. You just go play beer pong. Or you know I, I'm not saying they've had this or haven't had it, but I, I know they've had like like weird like body paint things or like uh, you know flag football. He has like a whole football field, like a real football field there. He has a real That's basketball crazy. court. He has a real tennis court. So they do all this kind of stuff. They have a, like a little kid's playground that the adults jump around on. So <laughs> it's the weirdest, craziest thing ever. So he does these weekends. So like if you're a member, you get to go for free. And then he has like a big house party uh, every night during that weekend. So like you can like sleep on the campground park, camp out. There's a lake. There's jet skiing. Like it's beautiful. And then if you want to go to the house party, you go in the house party and you'll probably see some naked girls and a lot of fun. It's like every 80s movie party that you're like, where the hell are they throwing these parties? That's Mike Busey's house. (laughs) It really is. And the thing is, like, it sounds, you know, you start saying like, oh, there's naked girls and shit there. Like, it sounds like, oh, this is like, you know, porno weirdness and whatever. It's totally not. It's like everyone belongs. Everything's cool. Like, if you went there as a female, even by yourself, 
nobody would really harass you. Like you'd probably make a hundred friends. Like it's totally a very open, accepting, fun party atmosphere. And you know, like even me, like I'm not the biggest drinker or anything like that. And yeah. like, you can't not be laughing hysterically. It's like, like I said, it's like every party from a movie, like with where, where all kinds of weird stuff is happening. Like, <laughs> and you just, you can't not, you're just like, wow, I can't believe I'm here. I can't believe this happening. So it's really, it's really kind of special. So I'm enjoying being a part of that and I'll enjoy it as long as it lasts, I guess. Wow. Yeah. Congratulations. You are the top sausage of the I'm sausage, the, I'm the sausage king. I'm the sausage king at the moment. <laughs> yes. This, that makes you want to go to like the middle of nowhere, Florida and, you know, check some stuff out. Usually well, I would ever, go to the middle of nowhere, Florida. Well, if you're ever near Orlando, man, that's when you should start considering it. You know, well, that's I will up. be in Orlando probably within the next calendar year. So. I mean, it's pretty rad, dude. A lot of celebrities roll through there. Like Post Malone hangs out there. Um, I mean, he's probably the most famous, but there, there's yeah, a lot. Yeah, my new album's amazing. Shout out to Post Malone, mm-hmm. by the way. Yeah, so he's like, he's like best friends with Busey as well. And uh, so, I mean, he, there's just a lot of dudes that roll through there. Like, I met another cool uh, performer, uh, Struggle Jennings. He's okay. uh, Waylon Jennings' grandson. He's like a rapper, singer Holy dude. Crap. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy, yeah. So I met him the other day. Uh, he just, you never know who's going to roll through there, so it's really cool. Gotcha. All right, so let's go back to you, um, Mr. Mr. Brian Idol. You started <laughs> wrestling uh, 12 years ago in, like, 2007. Um, from what I've gathered, you're originally from Long Island. Is that true? Yeah, well, here, I'll blow your mind another bit. Like, not everybody knows this, but I don't care. I'll, I'll talk about it. Um, I actually started wrestling in, in 1999. So uh, that's, that's a long, long <laughs> time ago, man. Uh you know, but most people, honestly, I mean, I say this, I don't know how I look in your Skype window right now, but most people wouldn't. You look like a sausage king. They wouldn't, they wouldn't think <laughs> I wrestled since then, but yeah. Um, but yes, yeah, so I went back to wrestling full time in like 07, you're right. And I am from Long Island and I originally started training, uh, in Jamaica, Queens at the LAWF doghouse, which is, you know, pretty infamous for the Long Island area. But I will yeah. say, I always like to point out, since you said Long Island, let's go back to that. My first wrestling exposure in long island you know when i was a kid was uh, i had a backyard fed with current wwe superstar uh anthony niece and uh <laughs> former amazing. wwe superstar uh mike mondo mikey from spirit squad so mikey. yeah we uh we had a pretty rad backyard fed like when we were kids and that's pretty much where it all started so yeah you know that was out in like uh you know i was living in like port jeff station at the time and like those guys lived more like middle island area Oh, I Medford. live out there. I live in Rocky Point. <laughs> Rocky Point. I've lived there before myself. Yeah. I used to live on Olive Road in Rocky Point when I was a kid. I live by Broadway. Sweet. I was right there. Yeah, I don't close. I don't live out there. I'm from Hempstead, so it I, is what it is. Oh, man. Yeah, I'm from <laughs> Levittown originally and then moved out here like 10 years oh, yeah. ago. Like I said, I know that uh, I know that Long Island area my whole life, you know? Mm-hmm. Of course, who doesn't like wings and things from Hempstead? Um, <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, I mean, you, you had the backyard wrestling fed with, with Tony Nese and, and Mikey and everything. And so besides that, what else got you into wrestling? Uh, nothing, man. Just goofing around there. That's how it all started for pretty much all of us because, uh, you know, uh, actually like a local guy's little kid sauce, you know, we used to have, we used to draw actual crowds, man. We would have like probably 100, 150 people on a Friday night watching the insane stuff we were doing. So, uh, you know, and credit, uh, Tony Nice, man, this dude could hit a, uh, Phoenix 450 off of a 10 foot ladder at 
14 years old. That's you know what I mean? And, and hit it and like not even like like not even touch you when he did it. Like it was amazing. He was he had he's I always knew he was going to be a legend. Like he's not even started yet. Trust me. That kid yeah. has like he's really 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 special. And he still uh, has eight more abs to show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's actually going to grow a uh, separate section of abs in the near future, uh, just to just to prove that nothing's impossible. So when, you see, when Tony Nice has abs on his back, we'll know we're uh, we're seeing something special. Yes, or something really demonic and alien-like. Um, uh, so when you first started really getting serious into wrestling, um, number one, who trained you? And number two, what were some of your who were some of your early influences? Like who were, who did you try to kind of like emulate? Um, yeah, this is a weird one. So like, I mean, like I said, I originally trained at the Doghouse, uh, and there was multiple people that were training me there. Then I moved along, and I actually trained with uh, Mikey Whipwreck, and this is still in the early 2000s. Um, then I came back to wrestling and so, I mean, I'd already been trained, uh, you know, obviously I had a long way to go, I think like to, you know, as far as ever, you're always growing. So, uh, yeah, I, I actually trained alongside Sabu for a little bit Nice, and, uh, you know, that was awesome. And then besides him, uh, it was another indie wrestler by the name. You guys got to know him in that area, the Grim Reefer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he, uh, he was pretty much the dude who, you know, would would be the most honest with me, at least as far as, you know, you know, local wrestlers or whatever. And he, he really helped me improve a lot of stuff. Gotcha. I, I, I'm noticing you have a giant, uh, ECW influence, especially with the people that you were wrestling, right? You know, balls, right. Mahoney, just incredible, which would, which would answer, which would answer the second part of your question. <laughs> so in my mind, uh, who do I feel like I try to emulate the most? It would actually be Sabu. Um, in actuality, the way it comes out of me in a bizarre translation, I would say other people would say maybe just incredible. I remember Ox Baker used to tell me that all the time that, uh, I reminded him so much of just incredible, which used to scare me because I thought that meant my hair was falling out. (laughs) (laughs) Very true. Um, so my next question before you, as we, you know, kind of move along here, you were originally for a long time known as Earl Cooter. Mm-hmm. Then you changed the Brian Idol. So first off, why Earl Cooter? Where's that guy? Uh, I didn't create that. Uh, it was created by Jersey All Pro Wrestling. Uh, huh. The booker there, Pierre, Johnny D. He uh, he created it, man. And, you know, it was a cool feeling because at that point, my exposure publicly in wrestling was non-existent. And I remember immediately, you know, this is the days of MySpace, people like stalking me and like trying to find out who I was. Because I did uh, a huge anniversary show for Jersey All Pro, uh, and I had a match against Human Tornado, and all of a sudden it was like a, uh, it was like a, I was a big deal. So I really I stuck with it, and I really played the gimmick up a lot, man. And it's funny because you know to this day I can't name a wrestler that doesn't refer to me as Cooter or or a fan. And like you know most times I don't really mind it; it's cool. But uh, you know the the thing was uh, you know and this ties in relevant to again. Well, we were, uh, discuss- well, you, when you're in the intro there, you know, as I got into, uh, you know, this WWN and Evolve and, and whatever, like, I tried to make it, I tried to make it play. You know, I tried to make Earl Cooter play in, and, and I think the focus of gimmicks, mm-hmm. you know, was not the, not the important part in this type of wrestling. So it became kind of like a handicap, 
And I mm-hmm. just, you know, and, and not to mention, like, I purposely was drawing weird handlebar mustaches on my face and, <laughs> and wearing shitty looking outfits. Like, I think a lot of people, even fans, I think they just really didn't grasp that I was playing a character well. Like, I was really trying to look mediocre and weird and be this redneck <laughs> thing. You know what I mean? At least in yeah. my mind. Maybe I'm still, I don't know, someone's probably watching this laughing going, nah, bro, that's you. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I really, you know, I really was trying to play that up. And then it just, it just, it, it, it ran its course. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Brian Idol is just a, I mean, that's half my name right there. So, I mean, it's just pretty rad. And I, uh, I mean, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of nods in those names for me anyway. And it, the, the character is basically me, man. Like, you know, Brian Idol is me. I'm an, I'm an actor, model, wrestler, and all around, all around jerk. So there you go. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I don't know. But yeah, Some people just... will say that's just coming from Long Island. Yeah. <laughs> It is what it is. So you associate yourself more so with Brian Idol than you would actually Earl Cooter. And every time you say Earl Cooter, I'm now going to think of a show My Name is Earl as like kind Which, of inspiration. That is half where the name came from. So the conversation between Johnny D when he – like he, I, I didn't even try out for Jersey All-Pro as that gimmick. It, what happened was somebody got hurt on this TV taping for whatever their show was, their little TV taping. And it affected the main – like one of the main matches for the anniversary show the next night. So he didn't like my weird – I had like a weird purple mask gimmick and he was like, I, that doesn't do anything for me. And he was like, he was like, this gimmick's terrible. And he was like, uh, he was like, but now they needed a guy and he's like, I have an idea. And he saw me actually, I was wearing a trucker hat like this. Why? Because I got long hair and when it gets messy, I'll throw a hat on it. Yeah. And, uh, so he saw me in the locker room getting changed. I did that. And he, uh, he was like, man, what's that show? You remind me of this guy. He's like, what's that show that, that, that my name is Earl. And he was like, get your name, Earl. And then he was like, what's a goofy? He was like, what was that tow truck driver from the Dukes of Hazard?" And I happened to be a Dukes of Hazard fan. And I knew right away. I was like, oh, it's Cooter. And he was like, that's you, dude. He's like, you're Earl Cooter. He's like, can you act like a redneck? And I looked right back at him. And I was like, I was like, I don't know. I think I can be a pretty good redneck then. He was like, all right, man, put an outfit together and go tomorrow. And I mean, I didn't go get gear. I had like, a, I had a pair of jeans that I painted a house in. And I was like, these are perfect. And I just put a couple more rips in them. And I took like a uh, a flannel shirt and just like cut the shit out of it. And then I, I looked like a weird Larry the Cable Guy, Joe Dirt thing. And that was Earl Cooter, man. You're like a redneck uh, Orange Cassidy. Uh, basically, yeah. That <laughs> <laughs> sounds about right. Um, so you, like, you've been wrestling for a while and Earl Cooter just changed to Brian Idol. Um, yeah, last few years, probably like three years now. Yeah. And like at some point, you faced a lot of legends. Um, in your day, who was your favorite legend to go up against? Uh, I mean, if you just said for the whole experience, I would say Goldust. Uh, he was like, man, talk about like easy to work with, like cool attitude, like hilariously funny, like just hit it off with him right away. So, I mean, usually when you're wrestling legends, it's, you know, it's a, it's a tiptoe situation, you know, like, yeah you got to be obviously really respectful and a lot of them don't want to do certain things and they don't care about certain things. So it's like, you gotta, you gotta kind of, you know, like I, I feel like fans don't realize all the time. Like I can't just walk in and be like, Hey dude, I'm Brian Idol and I like doing this, this and this. And like, you know, if I'm going to, if I, you know, if I'm going to give you a, a, a reverse, uh, you know, back suplex cutter, 
you're going to take it, bro. Like there, it doesn't work like that. You know what I mean? Like they'll be like, no, we're not doing that. Um, you know, you give me a clothesline there. And so, <laughs> you know, you can't, you know what I mean? You just can't be like, you're going to do what I want to do out there. Or like, you know, it's going to be yeah. physical. So you got to kind of be cool and you got to play it out. But like, he was just awesome. Like he's totally fun. So of guys of that I've been in the ring with full matches with, I, I would definitely, I would definitely give it up to Goldust. I think he was like, and I and I love that match we had. I mean, it was it was like simple, classic, and like really entertaining. And like I could still watch it today. And I even remember for a lot of people that hate on me, uh, I even remember somebody that that constantly hated on me said to me in person that day. He was like, "Wow, man!" He's like, "I gotta say that was one of the best matches I ever saw you." And he's like, "He's like if if every match is like that, he's like you'd be a star." So I'm gonna give that huh. to Goldust and say, you know, it was him. I mean, and Goldust is still wrestling now on that uh that new show AEW. So yeah, a little a little show called AEW. A little show, <laughs> it's not, nothing big, <laughs> nothing For big, real. just yet. Um, uh, so I mean, Goldust was was like I said, a dream, a classic match. Uh, but you have to go like obviously YouTube and find it. Um, but is there anybody that you haven't faced that you still really want to face in your career? There's a there's a long list. Um, who's yeah. who's in like who's like let's say top three. Uh, I mean, who is somebody not going to say The Rock or Hulk Hogan? I mean, that's, <laughs> I would I would think that. Um, I don't know, man. I, I mean, I would for me it would always be like these old legends. I want I want a WrestleMania match with Hogan. You know, we both live in Tampa, so and we work out together at the gym occasionally. So. That could be in the works. That I don't could be know. <laughs> I mean, I was on the WWE Network a few months ago. Don't sell me short. Like I, you, know, <laughs> you never know. I might, I might be able to parlay that into WrestleMania versus Hogan. But I mean, you know, if not, like I said, dude, it would. I would definitely pick like a lot of the a lot of the old legends. You know, I mean, maybe they're not the same now, but I, those would be dream matches for me. Otherwise, man, I always, you know, I have the, my other answer to this is, well. No, because that's not somebody I already wrestled. So I don't know, man. I don't know. That's it's, it's going to take me all day to answer that question. Besides that, so let's move. <laughs> gotcha. So let's move on to your WWE <laughs> Network appearance of sorts. Right. Um, you know, it's Evolve's 10th anniversary show. Everybody's pretty much psyched for this. I was psyched for it. I'm a big Evolve fan. Um, and then you come out. <laughs> <laughs> and you say absolutely nothing. <laughs> you start coughing. Um, it's real awkward. No one knows what's going on. The lights go out, and all of a sudden, you turn into a, a heavy set, shorter New York Jewish person by the name of Paul Heyman. So please tell me, how was that metamorphosis? Uh, it was like you know, it was your average uh, you know caterpillar into a butterfly, but maybe like in reverse. <laughs> <laughs> so, how did you get chosen for that spot? Like, what um, what happened with this? Well, I, I think it was really cool of them. Um, you know, currently, you know, like um. I'm on and off this roster all the time. Like, you know, I, I've been around since uh, for Evolve. I, I don't even know what number. Evolve 50, maybe I was on, or the first one was like 35. Who even knows? Yeah. It's been it's been a lot of years. So I pop up on these Evolve seemingly in big moments, by the way, which I have a knack for doing, which is cool. Uh, and uh, I originally uh, was not scheduled to be there, uh, and I was actually invited elsewhere. Um and so I was supposed to be in another big city that night. And uh, I got a phone call 
and they asked me if I would like to do it. And, and here's the thing, to be completely honest, nobody told me what I was doing. They just said, uh, you could be a part of something really big if you want. And I said, well, of course. And, and, you know, like I said, it's, it's been a long road for me with these guys and, and, you know, a lot of, a lot of things. So it was really cool of, uh, of Gabe to call me and, and ask me to do it. And, uh, it wasn't until, <laughs> wasn't until, just about when you found out, that's when I found out. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, it was pretty cool, man. It was, it was really uh, a unique, special thing. And I wouldn't have it any other way. Like, you know what? It would be totally lame if I knew three weeks before that they were like, you're going to go out to the ring and then Paul Heyman's going to come out. I'd be like, yeah, that's totally awesome. And I'm looking forward to it. But uh, I, I got to thank them because it's like, for me, it like keeps it, you know, it was real. It was like alive for me. Like I wasn't, yeah. I was like, wait, what is happening? Like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not joking, dude. Like I did not find out until the last possible second. Like we're talking, like I saw Paul Heyman as I'm walking. It doesn't ring. Like, yeah, and they're like, yep. And, uh, and you know, the rest of it was, uh, you know, it was artistic, interpretation i would put it as, as that's what we went with and uh i felt like it worked really well i felt like you know man the whole the whole point in my mind was to uh you know be like i said to to not be like i, I didn't sit there and, and say like oh i should say this or i should do this or whatever you know it, it was we're talking about paul Heyman coming back to the ecw arena after 18 years and he pointed out in his promo man he hasn't done that for anyone there's been a million reunion shows there's been yeah. a million big things that happened in that building since like for real there's been a few really big events and really you know international things that he's never shown up and he showed up for that one and uh and and the, the tail end part of you know everything you saw you already know uh the tail end part of that that I would like to say that most people don't know is it was about 10 zillion degrees in that building. Huh. Like it was so hot in the back and Paul Heyman was wearing a big Full heavy suit. suit. Yeah. Big heavy suit. And he stayed the entire time after till the, like almost the last person was out of that building. He sat through every, every locker room speech he sat through. I mean, he, and, and thanked everyone for being allowed to. So I, for me, it was really impressive. That was the first time I ever met Paul Heyman. Mm. And like I said, you know, I'm close with Sabu. I know all the ECW guys. I've wrestled with all of them. I know all the stories. I know everything. And it was like, when you want to talk about first impressions and, and somebody staying humble, Paul Heyman doesn't have to sit at the Evolve uh, WWE pay-per-view until the last guy leaves, and he just about did. And so I think that's something fans should know, and I think it's really cool to, to, to know that. Like, he, he loves wrestling that much. That's absolutely amazing. You know, uh, to hear about Paul, because I mean, you always hear about the wild Paul Heyman, all the right. radical stuff he does, and you know, right. him counting money while Tommy Dreamer's bleeding on right next to him. <laughs> hey man, that's part of the job. I feel like a lot of people don't realize. Look, the guy's job is he's a promoter, dude. And, yeah. And and, and I, maybe he's counting money, but maybe he's not counting it to put it in his pocket. Maybe he's counting it to pay the building. Maybe he's counting it to pay the guy behind Tommy Dreamer. <laughs> so it's, mm-hmm. I mean, you get a lot of stories, you get a lot of hate, you get a lot of heat. But that a moment like that, that's why I'm saying it needs to be said. Uh, yeah. You know, he's obviously a, a humble guy who realizes, you know, that this business is bigger than him. And for him to do that and for him to even come and be a part of that, I mean, that was special. So, I mean, deserves an infinite amount of credit. Yeah, I mean, we could probably talk about that 10th anniversary special and everything going on backstage for 
hours and, and days to come because of, yes. you know, even the briefings that I get from WWM talk about people right. crying in the background, being able to t- even just talk to people like Paul Heyman for yes. a brief time made yes. their, made their careers. Yes. You know, and like I said, again, I'll tell you again, man, a lot of spontaneous stuff, which I guess from a wrestling fan's standpoint is what you want, which you got to give credit where credit's due, man, for those guys for creating that environment where not everything is walked through and rehearsed and scripted and, and whatever. There was a lot of real moments on that show, that, that particular show, that, that 10th anniversary show. There yeah. were things happening in that ring and, and even backstage that none of us expected, none of us knew about. They're just moments that happened, and it was a beautiful collection of that. And I, I got to say, like, you know, everything else aside and, and, you know, past, present, future, whatever you want to say, being a part of that and, and seeing that was one of – it was probably the obvious most special moment on a show for me. Like, you know what I mean? Just, I was like, wow, this is like, tonight is, tonight is magic. Like it was yeah. real. And, yeah. uh, you know, so definitely you could go on for a long time talking about <laughs> that, but like, if you only knew, so get everybody that was a part of it and get it piece by piece. Because like I said, man, for anything I could tell you, there's somebody else that could tell you, you know, 10 hours of different stuff. So it's definitely a lot there to unpack. That is a goal. Write that down, Mix Murphy. We have to get everybody <laughs> from Evolve. Get everybody from um, All right, so I, I have to ask this question uh, sure. because Chris told me that this is a good story. Um, 2019, it's January. You're in the Barclays Center, and you're here for a thing called Yam Fest with not only ASAP Rocky, but the entire ASAP crew and regime. So, And you become the Yam Fest cha- All right. What the hell is this? Like, I had to research this. What's I never a Yam heard of Fest? I had never Yam heard Fest. of Yam Fest. Right. It's, it's, this, apparently this is the most, one of the wildest stories that we've ever heard. Okay. So, so Yam's Day is, uh, a tribute to, uh, the dude Yams. He was, uh, he was, uh, in a group. I think he was part of the whole ASAP. Uh, he created the group. ASAP movement. Right. He, he pretty much did. He was like, he was, you know, Rocky told me basically he, he referred to him as like that's his, like that's his brother you know he's like that was my brother and uh, you know it just it, it happened like this so it started out that they they do this concert every year this big tribute concert and this is Barclays Center again this is where yeah. NXT Takeover runs and and pretty much uh, no other non WWE wrestler would ever even be able to set foot in that building and wrestle. <laughs> Yeah. Um, one way or the other, man, uh, we have some mutual people that we knew and, uh, it ended up, they were like, Hey man, how cool would it be? They, so they brought in those, uh, you ever see those viral subway wrestler guys? Yes. Yeah. Yes. The, okay. Tim, Tim Rivera. Um, right. yeah, I know. So, him. Yeah, so they Rivera. brought, yeah. So they brought those guys in as well. <laughs> and so you, so, you, got to, you got to meet Brett, the lit man heart. Uh, I did. Meet, I mean, he said he knew who I was. I was like, Oh, that's cool, man. Like Tim's I was like, I see you guys. Yeah. Yeah, no, they were very, they were very, uh, apparently they said they almost came and trained with me. I was like, oh, cool, man, you should have. Uh, <laughs> but the, uh, they were, they were cool, man. Um, but the, the whole thing was those guys were, they had them like performing on the stage. And then somebody, I don't know if it was Rocky, I don't know who, somebody was like, hey, man, like, you know, let's get a ring in here. So then they got a ring in there. And then this is before the show now. And I'm screwing around like, uh, Lou Banga is his name. He was, he's one of the mm-hmm. DJs. So he's in there joking around and he's calling me triple H, right? 
because of my hair and he's like, I'm blonde, whatever, I guess, you know, he's, he's like, he's like, oh, there's Triple H over there, like, whatever. So they're trying to do the things that dudes do when they get in the ring and like try to run the ropes and they kind of can or just awkwardly banging into the ropes and, <laughs> and whatever. So like, I try to show him for a minute and I was like, Hey man, if you do it like this, like put your arm here, push here, like you see it kind of goes and they're like, yeah, yeah. Like, Oh my God. And then they're, you know, they're doing the thing everybody does like stomping all hard with their feet and like trying to make noises <laughs> and like jumping like it's a trampoline and like they're having a good time. So like, I, I think one of them did like a shitty body slam and like, so everybody's like, Oh wow. And actually, uh, a couple of my friends were there and, uh, not even wrestlers. One of them's a, uh, an independent rest, uh, independent referee, like, uh, Zach Bruno. And he, uh, you know, he worked for hog and stuff. And so he, he was there. So I just like, everybody was kind of out of the ring at this point. And I just thought it was funny. Like, so I just grabbed him and started lighting him up and then gave him like a huge brain buster. Like, just cause <laughs> I knew it would make a huge noise. And like, they all turned and were like, Oh my God. And they were like, yo, like, so then I started talking to a couple of the other dudes and they were like, yo, they were like, let's talk to Rocky. They're like, you guys should just wrestle. They're like, you should just wrestle somebody tonight, dude. And they were like, you know, and they were like, oh, you know, you got your gear here. And I was like, I was like, no, <laughs> but I was like, I said, yeah, no, I said, yeah. But in my head, I was like, no, and, but I, you know, I always wear like these cool tight pants. So I was like, they look like gear. Like my gear like is modeled after them. So I was like, whatever. Yeah. So, uh, uh, like, you know, I just said, yeah. And they were like, well, who do you got to wrestle? And, and like, I actually had a couple friends there and I was like, I don't know if I want to wrestle any of these guys. So I called up another one of the dudes that I trained with. And, uh, you know, I was like, Hey man, you want to come do it? And he's young, you know? And like, he's, he's just like, his name's Gabe sky. And like, you know, he's been at beyond mm-hmm. and he's, he's done a couple of the WWN seminars now. He's, he's really, he's got a future, but, yeah. uh, you know, this was like a huge thing for him, obviously. Like he's like, yeah. And all of a sudden, man, I get him. And, and the funniest part, so I call him up and he's like, Oh, I was gonna, I was gonna go down to the, to watch the combat zone show tonight. Like, and I was like, I was like, yo, dude, I was like, listen, you're gonna wrestle me at the Barclays Center. It's sold out. Like, I don't think he, I don't think he believed me. I think he just wanted me to like, to like, you know what I mean? Like, like thought I was like punking him out or something. Like he didn't know what he was like, yeah, sure, dude. And, uh, I was like, and like, I, I hung up on him. Like I got pissed off. Like he said it, I was like, what? And like, I hung up the phone and then I was like, I called him back. I was like, dude, you got like 20 minutes to get here. I was like, if you don't, I was like, I'll probably murder you. And I was actually going to call, uh, the next up would have been, I would have called, uh, reefer probably. But, uh, yeah. So Gabe came and like, I knew we would have the, the kind of good match that would fit. Cause you got to understand something, dude. Now this goes to the crazy part. So obviously this is not a plan. Again, this is not a plan part of any show. And, yeah. and, and Rocky, you know, comes rolling in and we're talking. He's like, yeah, man, you guys just come out and wrestle. Like, All right, sweet dude. And like, imagine now I'm the show starts, the concert starts. And yeah. the first thing that starts the Yams Day concert is a personal promo filmed by the rock. What? Wow. So, so the rock has a thing and he's like, Hey Rocky, man, I just want to say, uh, you know, I can't be there for, for Yams Day today, man, but we love Yams. We miss him, like, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, you know, I want to hear all the people. He's like, Rocky, Rock. And now the entire Barclays Center is, is, is chanting Rocky, like, with The Rock. And then, like, the promo ends, and I was like, holy shit, that was real. Like, that was really a real <laughs> cell phone promo from The Rock. And, like, we're all sitting in the in the dressing room, like, watching this. And I'm like, yo, this is so weird. And then, like, uh, one of the acts goes on, and it's, like, all-out chaos. They're on the stage. 
doing all kinds of crazy stuff. Like then they jump in the crowd and you see the cameras following them. And we're watching this on this big TV in the, in the dressing room. And like yeah. then a brawl breaks out and I'm like watching people fight in the thing. And it's like, I was like, dude, this is nuts. So then eventually, like I said, they didn't even know they were like, it was like, should we go out there? Shouldn't we go out there? Whatever, whatever. Like, so, so ASAP Rocky's in the ring rapping, uh, a bunch of dudes were in there. I mean, there's like probably 15 people in the ring. And, uh, if you if you look for it, the footage is on YouTube. So yeah. we wrestled a match with like fifteen people in the ring rapping while we were wrestling. And it, it <laughs> like I cannot even tell you how insane that environment was. Like if you were like, you know, listen, I've wrestled in China at the, the MasterCard Center, had like thirteen thousand people. Yeah. Uh you know, I I, I there's there's I, I lose track. I mean, I've been on shows where there's literally thousands of people in the crowd. And I can't even tell you, man, like what with having them in the ring and having all those people in the like Barclay Center, like packed out the door. Yeah. Like it was like almost hard to breathe in there. The excitement was so hard, let alone, <laughs> you know, just bust into a wrestling match. And we had a pretty solid match, man. And then at the end where it really gets crazy is so we have a match, whatever, whatever, whatever. And uh, like also cool. It's like, dude, let's face it. Like. Now, ASAP Rocky is also a prolific rap star. Like he's not, yes. he's not just even a rapper, dude. This guy's dating, you know, the, what's her name? He dated, uh, one of, one of the Jenners, right? I don't uh, even know. Who I think he did. Yeah, yeah, he dated, he did. Yeah. He, I'm saying like, this is like the level of dude we're talking about. Yeah. Right? So <laughs> like he's in the ring, like losing his mind. Like I hit, uh, <laughs> I hit a crazy move. Like I, I call it the idolizer. It's like a, uh, like I said, it's like that thing I do. It's like a backdrop into a cutter. Yeah. Like, I hit that like off the top rope on, on this kid. And like when you see, like I look up and the first thing I see is like Rocky's face. And then like as a tribute to them, because they're breaking my balls, calling me Triple H all day. Like I finished the match. Yeah, I gave him the pedigree. And then that turns into, again, I'm telling you, dude, <laughs> ASAP Rocky. So what happens is one of the security dudes that's in the ring, I like I've watched the footage and you can see it. So... So they're like, somebody says something to Rocky and he turns around and just kicks me in the stomach and gives me a stunner. So I don't know if the <laughs> oh dude was God. like, I don't know, like, know if the dude was like, yo, get over or, or give him a stunner or whatever. But I turn around and like, I'm just like celebrating. And I think like, he's going to like, you know, give me a high five or raise my hand or whatever. And he just boots me in the stomach and then gives me the stunner. And <laughs> so then it went super viral. So then like, uh, TMZ, uh, ESPN, uh, yeah. You know, Billboard.com, uh, GQ magazine ended up doing an interview with us in the back. Like they they did like a written thing, and you know it was like a whole yeah. spread for Rocky. But they talked about the that whole thing in the in, you know when GQ when it went to press, like that was that was in the article, uh, and they named me in it, which is really cool. Obviously, like they, they gave me like a little quote and named me in it. Uh, so yeah, it was like a super viral moment where ASAP Rocky gives me a stone cold stunner <laughs> and you know, here's the thing, man. And I've been putting it out there is, uh, you know, I want to have a match and Rocky wants to have a match with me. So we want to fight for oh. the Wednesday title. So, okay. You know, man, I put it out there and not everybody's jumped on it. And I don't understand why, because you know, ASAP Rocky is, his name is everywhere right now. Obviously at the center of a huge international controversy. That, that and I'm could trying also to be tell people, and I'm trying to tell people, I'm like, Hey, listen, man, this dude's name is everywhere, and ASAP Rocky wants to fight me, and I want to fight him. So, like, we don't want to do it in a small thing. We want to do it in a big thing. So yeah. we're uh, we're trying to try and see where that lands. But uh, you never know. But um, that could be really, really cool. But, yeah, 
amazing experience to wrestle at the Barclays Center. I wish I was a better storyteller for you, but no, trust me, you told the story enough. I mean, <laughs> I've seen a couple of clips of the video. It's not just ASAP. There's like Soldier Boy around the ring. Oh, there are oh, yeah. award-winning rap yes, Everyone is surrounding there. Drake was the there. Everyone's there, bro. Like, oh and that's God. what I'm saying. And like, here's me. I'm not like a huge hip hop guy. So like some of these people, I got no idea who they are. And people are like, yo, you know who that is right there? And I'm like, nah, I no idea, dude. You know what I mean? <laughs> that would like, be me, honestly. Yeah. And I, like, but they're all like, these dudes are like all giving me their number. They're like, yo, man, you got to hang sometime. Like, you ever come out to LA? You ever come here? You ever come there? I'm like, yeah, man, I'm everywhere. They're like, oh, cool. You know what I mean? I like, I leave VM's day with a list of like, who's who's in hip hop's phone numbers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, all right, cool, bro. <laughs> and, uh, I uh, yeah, it's pretty cool though, man. But yeah, me and Rocky, uh, we got along, and it's pretty cool, man. And uh, I, I really dig, you know, it was awesome to be a part of that. Awesome to be a part of Yams Day, and I, I really dig, uh, you know, the vibe of everything that went on. Those guys are all really cool, and and the more that I've gotten into ASAP Rocky stuff, I got to say he's super talented and creative, yeah. and I mean. I, I, I laugh my ass off. He's got a bunch of people wearing babushkas all the time now. I see, I, see, <laughs> I see young college kids wearing babushkas, and I'm like, I know where that came from. I'm like, I know your buddy, man. <laughs> that is an absolutely wild story. I'm going to have to check out that footage again um, on YouTube. It's pretty easy to find, to be honest. Yeah, just type in Brian Idle Yams there. That shit pops up, man. Exactly. Um, so as we start to wrap up here, first off, we want to thank you for your time oh, uh, and it, sitting down with us in this superstar spotlight. This is probably uh, one of the more interesting ones that we've done. Uh, wow. You know, we've we've had Josh Briggs, we've had Eddie Kingston, and oh God, Eddie Kingston can talk for days. No, <laughs> you know, um, we've we've had uh, we had retro Anthony Green talk about fanny packs, but we've no, never no. had anybody really talk about wrestling in front of a Grammys list of rap artists Dude, if in the Barclays Center. Listen, I have done the most bizarre, like, head-scratching <laughs> things with people. And, and, like, I take pride in it, man. I always want to be that guy that, like, feel that guy did that? They're like, what? Like, I don't know either, man. Like, it just happens. Like, I just, I just keep rolling. And, like, that's my thing, man. Just keep rolling and watch mm -hmm. what happens. Yeah, so, so speaking of it, you keep rolling. You've been doing this, like I said, for a considerable amount of time, you know. You're getting towards the tail end of like 20 years or so at this point. What is the ultimate goal for Brian Idol? Man, I'm living it. You know, like I already, <laughs> I'm already a legend in my own mind. I made it. No, uh, <laughs> so no but like obviously, man, uh, I would like to take, uh, I would like to be on, on a TV screen every mm -hmm. week and, uh, making and you know i'll say it more than that more than just me being there i want to make some kind of as much contribution as i can as possible yeah. to to what pro wrestling is because you know or sports entertainment or whatever medium that you want to consider i feel like i have a lot to offer in a lot of ways and like i said i feel like i'm willing to give myself to that where i'm not saying you know other people aren't but i'm just saying i'm very I'm very down for the cause. Like it's, it's bigger than me. Like I know it's bigger than me yeah. and, and I appreciate that. And it's like I said, man, I just want to be able to, uh, to, to, to leave a mark, you know, as big as I can, you know, for the sake of the business. And, and because like I said, not just for the business part, it's for the fans, man. Like I want to give it the feeling 
when I want to be able to contribute to the feeling of when like I was a little kid and I watched Macho Man Randy Savage and Hulk Hogan mm-hmm. and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat and Roddy Roddy Piper. And I was like, you know, this was like stepping into another universe. And like, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, I've already feel, I already feel so rewarded and like lucky to have, like I said, dude, I lift weights at the gym with, with Hulk Hogan. You know what I mean? Which and, is like, mind boggling, by the way. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and we talk about wrestling, you know. Uh, <laughs> and actually, those days have probably ended because uh, that was at, uh, you know, our gym in Clearwater Beach. And, uh, yeah. you know, Luke closed it. So we Ooh. now that's now we're all going elsewhere. So, I mean, I may work out with the Hulkster once or twice in the near future. But like that was like a give. It was like a guarantee that a couple times a week me and Hulk would be you know, clanging and banging. And banging. <laughs> Brother, <laughs> clanging and banging. Imagine, let me just quickly throw that in. Imagine one day, the, the one day I walk into this gym and, and like my key's not working and I'm like, oh shit, you got to ring the little bell on the side. So I go to the side and I ring the bell and who walks over to the door to open it? The Hulkster. I was like, what is my life right now? Like I see him, I see this man get up and I was like, is that? And then, like you say, I'm like, it's Hulk Hogan. And, like, he walks over. He's like, hey, brother. He's like, what's the matter? He's like, what's the matter? You didn't pay the bill, brother? <laughs> I didn't say my praise. Leave my vitamins. Hulk, I'm so sorry. Yeah, I was like, I was like oh, God, I gotta help me. We open this door for you. Jabroni. But, yeah, so. <laughs> so, I mean, like I said, man, I'm already, I've already, uh, like, there's nothing else I, I really want from it. Um, other than to, to be able, like, I don't want anything from it. I just know that I have a lot to give that where I can contribute to that feeling. Like I said, where, where a kid can watch me and, uh, and be like, wow, this is amazing. And also most adults don't like me, so they can have somebody to hate. And I can give a lot to that. I can be a big release for them. So I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm totally down to, to do that. You know, that's why I want to be, that's why I want to be as much in the mix as I can possibly be. All right, perfect, perfect. Uh, Mix Murphy, do you have anything for Mr. Idol? I don't, actually. No, I put her to sleep. She's now under the blankets <laughs> and going to bed. She's like, she's like, no, no, I'm thoroughly bored. Good night. No, not at all. No, Ricky, you just got every question I had. Yeah, oh. it's good sounds. Fine, fine journalism. <laughs> I should have been a journalist in another life. Um so, uh, without further ado, uh, just, you know, final final thoughts, Brian, I'll give you the floor. Say whatever the hell you want to say as we start to head out here. Um, cool, man. I would say, you know, all this stuff going on. I don't know if you guys saw, shout out to House of Glory. Master P bought House of Glory. I did I hear that. that. I yeah, did hear that earlier hip-hop, today. Let's not, let's yeah. not even Little ignore Romeo that. Romeo is going to be the musical performer. That's that's where you're going to have Yamfest at House guess of Glory. Who will be at, guess who will be at House of Glory November the 16th? You will. Of course. What I tell you, man, whenever it's big moments, I know when, <laughs> listen, one thing about being around a long time, when there's the big moments is when you walk in there. You know, when, they're, when they're not doing so much and nobody's looking, I'll take the day off. <laughs> no, but yeah, so it's pretty exciting. That's a Master P, uh, buying House of Glory. Goodness, that's going to be so ridiculous now. <laughs> that's what I'm saying, man. Who knows? Sky's the limit, man. Now's the time. That's what I'm saying. So no matter what Fed it is, this is my message, no matter what Fed it is, uh, AWWE, Impact, Whatever you want to call these companies, whatever the names they go by now, All Japan, New Japan, you know, Big Japan, Real Japan, whatever, whatever they are. I'm saying, you know, enjoy it, support them, stop ripping each other's throats out for, for liking this wrestler or this wrestler, and don't be a hater. You know what I mean? And if you're a wrestler, don't be a hater on other wrestlers, because that's loserish. 
And there's a lot of that. And we need more, uh, you know, we got to realize, man, we're all cool. Like everybody's, it, it's yeah. all subjective. One guy thinks, you know, you're a shitty wrestler. Another guy thinks you're a good wrestler. It's, it's art, man. It's, you know, it's subjective. Mm-hmm. Enjoy it. Same, you know, fans and wrestlers alike. Just enjoy it. You know, as uh, I believe it was once said by a great philosopher, be excellent to each other. Nice. <laughs> Thank <laughs> Yes, amen. <laughs> little little bill in there for you. Uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, man, that's all. And uh, I don't know if you guys got it, but uh, add me on Instagram because it's totally lame on my Instagram. Uh, it's at the Brian Idol. And like I could, you know, yeah. I, I mean, I don't care if you do, but everybody out there, I could use some followers. The T-H-E-B-R-Y-A-N-I-D-O-L. Instagram. Yes. So thank you guys. Now. Twitter on Facebook or anything like that? I don't care about any of that. Just go with Instagram, man. Facebook's like all maxed out. I don't, I'm not making a like page. Twitter, I don't, I don't even understand how to use it. Instagram, I like posting stuff. So, you know, that's cool, man. So I'm good with that. So definitely follow you on Instagram at the Brian Idol on Instagram. Uh, thank you again so much for your time. This has been absolutely amazing. When I'm down or when we are down in Orlando next, eh, ha ha ha, um, you know, this thing called WrestleMania weekend. Um, we may have to take some extra days. Yo, hit me up when you're in Tampa too, man. I live there. Like, so, you know, you guys are welcome, man. You got to catch me. I let you guys come in my pool, man. I got a big pool. Perfect. But yes, yes. We have places to stay. Yay, we did it. <laughs> oh, my God. So, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a quick commercial break. But now, this has been Superstar Spotlight with the Brian Idol. When we come back, we are going to be talking about uh, the impending uh, WWE draft and how it will shake forever the landscape of world wrestling entertainment and probably the rest of wrestling, to be honest with you. So, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and we will be right back. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much, man. That was freaking awesome. Uh, I appreciate it. And welcome back. Kings of the Rings podcast live exclusively here on Wrestle Addict Radio. Again, I want to thank Brian Idol for being on the show with us tonight and telling us all of his stories. Yamfest, man. Now I want to go to, I want to go to, I want to go to the sausage thing now. I'm craving sausage right now. (laughs) That's kind of weird. Oh, my (laughs) God. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, no, I want to go down. We're going to have to chill in Tampa with with Brian Idol and and chill there. Mania Weekend is becoming that much more fun. Mania tickets go on sale in, like, November. um, Oh, my God, I'm not ready. Yeah. Yeah, SmackDown is also coming to Brooklyn. Um, Evolve is coming in November back again. So all my money goes to wrestling and suits for a wedding, by the way. Still looking for a date. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But let's move on to the big prominent thing that is going to start happening this week. This Friday, SmackDown Live is the first day of the draft. And with the first pick in the draft, SmackDown Live obviously is going to pick Brock Lesnar. I'd be surprised if Brock went anywhere else. Um, what do you think is going to happen? Would it be some draft day surprises? Draft Kate. surprises? Mm-hmm. Um, it's a two-part thing because it happens on SmackDown. Then you got to wait a couple more days for, uh, Raw. for Raw. I definitely think some tag teams and stuff are going to be broken up. I'm, I'm very afraid they're going to break up the New Day. Mm. At this point, none of them have titles. They don't have titles. Like, it's possible. Nothing to fight for. Yeah. They can... Potentially. They can... I feel like they'll keep Kofi separate from Xavier and E. I think E might be drafted, and they'll keep Kofi and Xavier together. Oh, you think? Mm Mm-hmm. Either way, I think the The New Day is breaking up. 
Which is a bad move. The worst thing they could ever do. Mm-hmm. They're going to... WWE will ruin wrestling if they break up the New Day. <laughs> and then I'll cancel the network. <laughs> uh, Hashtag Kate cancels network. <laughs> if the New Day breaks up, I will cancel the network. Um, no, I won't. Um, what else is going to happen? I think Alexa and Nikki are breaking up. Thank the Lord. I like it, but I don't get it. And I think it kind of went on a little bit too long because I've been waiting for Alexa to turn on Nikki and it still hasn't happened. I think it's too late at this point. At this point, it's way too late. I mean, Nikki's character needs a total revamping because I want to see what Nikki is without Alexa. I miss Sanity. They they miss the boat so hard. Uh, yeah, it is a shame. Yeah. It is a really, really big shame yeah. with them. Um, I think, you know, you're going to get your heavy hitters are going to SmackDown. Yeah. I think it's AOP is going to go to SmackDown. I think AOP stays on Raw. You think? And the big question is, your heavy hitters are going to SmackDown. Who goes to Raw? AJ Styles might be a Raw casualty. AJ Styles might not go to Fox. He probably won't. AJ's been on yeah. SmackDown for such a long time. And AJ's another superstar who is almost synonymous with SmackDown at this point. But he does need a break mm-hmm. from SmackDown. Yeah, and his and Seth's probably going staying on Raw too because now he's he's still the Universe Champion. He why he, your Universal Champion is not going to Raw because on SmackDown, Michael Cole said the WWE Championship is now the richest prize in the game again. So the WWE title has to be on SmackDown. WWE title is now the most lauded championship, which it always was. They just tried to make the Universal title a thing, and no one bought into that. I never did. I always look at the WWE titles more. Exactly. And now the WWE title is going to be more. The problem is, is Brock going to be more involved? No. I have hope. And that's all I have. (laughs) That's good. Um, You know, um, but I I think the draft day is going to be interesting. I doubt we're going to see NXT call-ups. I could be surprised. They said I could be mistaken. last I'd read on Dirt Sheets and on Twitter, NXT wasn't supposed to be part of the draft. And the other thing I had seen was even on like the commercials for the draft, it only shows Raw and SmackDown stuff. Huh. Yeah. I mean, that's what they're supposed to, but like, I I, I think the, when we did the Superstar Shake-Up, or the first ever draft, or the first draft that they did, I thought one of the cooler moments was having that camera in the performance center and watching them get revealed as being called up. I loved like, that n- moment. None of them knew. Yeah. But that's not really no. going to be as much of a thing anymore is because NXT is finally being considered as the third brand and not developmental. Yeah, it's so not now going to mean as much. Of... It's not like you're graduating, going from high school to college. You're just you're going horizontally instead of vertically. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of crossover stuff. And I think once the draft ends, and then a year down the road, you do a massive superstar shakeup. You can shake up all three brands. Yeah, and that will be must see TV. Yeah. Uh, be that as it may, with all that is going on, AEW, Raw, NXT. SmackDown, there's a lot of talent that has already been acquired. Who is the last remaining? Who who do who who is out there on the indie scene that could be still be considered the best free agent that no one has picked up yet? CM Punk. <laughs> of course you would. Of course you <laughs> fucking would. <laughs> I, I fucking had to. Of course you would. And I think CM Punk's very, my number uh, one draft pick. 
<laughs> and there's words that CM Punk and WWE has there's rumors that they have you know kind of started making make amends um, and all this stuff it's still yet to be told what will happen and when whether or not that trigger will ever be pulled Survivor Series because um, it's in Chicago <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> and, oh. and that would be the smart thing to do. Oh no! If, if oh no! If it happens, okay. Um, but here's my opinion, uh, Kate Murphy. And correct me if I'm wrong. There's still a villain out there. Yeah, there is. That has been very, very quiet. Whose contract goes up in November? And I think. That is the last, at this moment in time, that is the last that's remaining. That's the biggest free agent. That's the biggest person. And that is going to send shockwaves wherever he goes. And I don't think it's a total sell that he is going to go to AEW and be with his Bullet Club boys. Because his girlfriend signed with NXT. Are they still together? To my knowledge. They haven't posted together in a while, so I've been curious. Uh, to my knowledge, and she is just now starting to get a push. Yeah, Diana Perazzo, and I think upset. that yes, and I think that is a calculated move by WWE. Yeah, and I think the bidding war for Marty Skrull is going to be unbelievable. Him showing up anywhere is going to instantly tilt the favor for one brand over another and i can't wait me too to see where he shows up chicken wings for everybody chicken wings for everybody (laughs) chicken wings for everybody um (laughs) but i think he'll do better in AEW though i can see him in nxt i can i can see him in nxt and nxt only which is fine because you know what he can do? As long as he's able to keep his brand as Marty Skrull. That's what I'm he's saying. Able to, he needs to, he, if, he cannot change a thing. If he is able to establish that that was his namesake and stuff before WWE, and he can keep it and it's his, like, you know, how AJ Styles kept his thing, how Ricochet kind of kept his thing, how Adam Cole kept his thing. Yeah. If they allow him to keep him as himself and that character is established, then he can do perfect in NXT. Put him with Diana. They'd go with the virtuoso and the villain. Mm. My God, it writes itself. Beautiful. It writes itself. Um, be with us, man. We need to start wrapping this thing up. It's been a great time with you, uh, Valana, to my Bobby Lashley. Uh, I'm so glad you got rid of Rusev. I mean, Will. <laughs> and everything is in your name now. Yeah, it is. <laughs> we don't have a joint bank account no more. Nope, not at all. She pays for her own shit. <laughs> <laughs> they pay for their own shit. Um, so, uh, match of the week. What do you got? Becky Sasha, no question. I was going to pick Becky Sasha, and I rethought about it. I'm still going to say, from last week's NXT premiere, Matt Riddle and Adam Cole, my lord. That was going to be my match of the week until Becky and Sasha happens, and then they realized nothing. By the way, but totally forgot about NXT. Ciampa's back. Oh, yeah. Ciampa has, Ciampa has officially been cleared, and that's why they did an overrun. Um, because nothing was going to top that moment. No. Ciampa has officially been cleared. Um, he and Goldie are getting back together. 
within the oh. next three months calling God, it. War Games is going to be off the charts. Oh my God. You will go to War Games <laughs> yeah. too, right? Will and I are going to be traveling 13 hours from New York to Chicago <laughs> in a car to go to War Games, SmackDown, NXT, SmackDown, uh, Survivor Series, and Raw. <laughs> so we'll be in Chicago for a couple of days. <laughs> You're going to love a big it. Adventure. I know, especially if the Yankees win. <laughs> By the way, Yank- <laughs> Yankees in the LCS after that sweep, go Yanks. Uh, King of the Night. Um, I kind of have two. Okay. So, one is CM Punk. <laughs> he hasn't done anything. He confirmed backstage. Okay, whatever. So, Who's visiting? He's vis- <laughs> it's the closest thing I've got we've gotten in five years. <laughs> My God! So that just makes my heart happy. And then, but my actual okay. king of the night was gonna be Alistair Black because he's finally he finally wrestled on TV, even if it was for a minute. <laughs> yeah, he finally found his way to the ring. And it was with the uh, Bollywood Boys of all people. Bless the Bollywood Boys. Yeah, I don't know how they, they do it. How they handle being beaten up so much? I don't know either. They're. Uh, they're they, resilient. They, 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 they're kind of inspirational, actually. They deserve all the money in the world yeah, they do. for getting their ass beat Where's over Jinder? and over and over again. I don't know, actually. <laughs> wow, I forgot leave. about Ginger Mahal. <laughs> wow, Ginger, don't hinder for Ginger. We oh, didn't I get did. to talk about. We didn't talk about the rumor that Edge might have gotten cleared, and we won't talk about it until we have more confirmation. But I feel like we got good confirmation that Edge is kind of just playing us all for a fool. Um, I don't support him wrestling again. I don't. I have a, there's such a, I'm very petty about Edge. Not, I'm not about Edge coming back, but I'm very petty about people like, oh, I don't support him, but we supported Daniel coming back. You're right. Da- Daniel has a family. Edge has a family. It's not even just, the, it's not even just like the whole injury thing. It's not even just that. I worry they're gonna fuck it up, like story wise. You can't. Edge will have creative control, and everybody knows that. Okay. Because that's <laughs> like half the time. Like my my hesitation with like people returning is that booking or creative will fuck them over. No, Edge will Edge will mix that. Edge has earned his keep as and has creative power. He has a relationship with Vince. He'll be fine if he does return. Which again. It's a big if at this point, but moving along, my king of the night goes to Champa. He's back. He is officially cleared. Um, have you, if you have ever met Champa, one of the nicest people in the world, absolutely amazing. His story, his little mini doc on YouTube, um, will bring tears to your eyes about his recovery. Uh, it's fantastic. I'm I'm so happy for him to come back. I wish him all the best. Um, because he, he deserves the world, <laughs> you know, he did from all the stuff he's gone through and, and everything that he is, he has done to get himself healthy. And just, to just, again, you meet this person, you, you, you know, you, you recognize he plays as badass, but nicest person I could sit down next to Chop and have a full blown conversation about nothing. It'd be the greatest time in the world. Cause he's just that type of person. And no better spokesperson for a wrestler than Tommaso Ciampa. To be completely honest. All right. Oh, it's been a good night, Mix Murphy. We had a good night. But it's now time to turn off the lights. Um, 
and get out of here. So, ladies and gentlemen, this has been Kings of the Rings podcast episode number 168, The Sausage King. Shout out to the Sausage King himself, the Brian Idol, for joining us as part of our Superstar Spotlight. Check out his videos. Check out Yam's Best. Check out uh, the Sausage Wrestling Federation or whatever the hell it's called <laughs> on YouTube as well. Uh, again, great guy. We hope to, we look forward to chilling with him at WrestleMania uh, down the road in April. <laughs> but we do have to go again. Sausage Best Brian Idol, thank you so, so, so much. Uh, I am King Ricky Rose. Find me at Ambassador Biggs um, on all social media. King's Ricky Podcast, KOTR underscore podcast across all social media. Wrestle Addict Radio, subscribe on iTunes, Google Podcasts, um, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Uh, find our social media at Addict underscore Wrestle on Twitter, Wrestle Addict Radio on Facebook and Instagram. Mix Murphy and Malana. Take me home. Take me home. Country roads. Damn it, don't say country roads. <laughs> you ruined the moment. Excuse me. I, I don't ruin anything. Because I am the HBIC of Wrestle Addict Radio, The Kate Murphy. You can find me on Instagram at The Kate Murphy and on Twitter at underscore The Kate Murphy. Why do you not like country roads? I got. Ugh. It's like me and chicken fried. I hate chicken fried. Chicken fried? What's I, that? It's a country song that you do not need to find out about. I don't um, know anything I, about that. But I do like fried chicken. So when we come back next week, hopefully uh, we'll, we'll be off the toilet. Uh, we'll be talking about the, the draft, primarily everything going on with AEW, NXT. We're going to check out the numbers <laughs> again. And hopefully uh, Marks won't kill me. Um, hopefully I'll come back with a bunch, with a lot of cheesesteaks from Philly and maybe a date. Who the fuck knows? But until then, folks, this is Kings of the Rings podcast. Goodbye and good night. And oh yeah, fuck you, Slack. Click, clack, fuck, Slack. <laughs> we'll see you next week. <laughs>